The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On this week's Court TV podcast, we have a Court TV exclusive, my in-depth interview with the Tiger King, Joe Exotic, a man who captured the world's attention with the hit Netflix docuseries about his life and his legal troubles. There was a major ruling in Joe's case last week, and I'll get Joe's thoughts on it, as well as get an update on what his life is like in prison. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan. I'm Vinny Politan. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Court TV Podcast. And if you were like me, during the initial COVID shutdown, it, it was supposed to be two weeks. We know it ended up being a little bit longer, right? But during that time, America was locked in and locked down. And, and many of us um, were watching some series and doing some binging. And, and one of the programs that really just um, captured the fascination of so many of us was Tiger King. And, and it was one of the most bizarre, um, outrageous, outlandish uh, series that, that I've ever seen with this character, Joe Exotic, who's in the middle of it. And it was bizarre, but we all watched it. And it was chronicling who he is, his life as, as the zookeeper, but it also was tracking his legal troubles because when the whole series wraps up, while we were all wildly entertained, he went to trial in federal court and was convicted of attempted murder and about 19 offenses involving the tigers that he had in his zoo. And he was sentenced to like 22 years in prison. And he appealed that sentence and, and won. So he was resentenced and that just happened. And, and the judge reduced it uh, about a year to a year and a half. So he got a little bit of a lighter sentence, but he's still locked behind bars and, and desperately trying to get out. Well, Joe Exotic called me in my office. And we recorded the whole thing. Yes, I knew the phone call was coming, but we recorded the whole thing. It's a fascinating discussion as, as I talked to Joe Exotic about life behind bars and, and his legal issues. So let's take a listen to that phone call that I got from Joe Exotic behind bars. Hi, it's Vinny there. Yeah, this is Vinny. Joe, how are you? Yes, sir. Not too bad. L let me, let me ask you first. Um, Health-wise, that's a big issue. Are are you are you dying right now of cancer? Are you battling cancer? What exactly is is your health situation, Joe? Well, you know, I, I have CVID, which which is the big kicker. It's it's common variable immune disease, and I don't have an immune system. And then I'm I'm battling hemoglobin anemia on top of that. So every four weeks, I have to get blood. And now I'm diagnosed with prostate cancer, and they're wanting to do 45 straight days of radiation and uh, or, or surgery. And I'll never make surgery. Uh, I actually have, have 
get on the phone and, and talk to Dr. Drew, uh, you know, the celebrity. I know Drew. And yeah, and he recommended that I don't do anything because my system can't handle, handle any of it. Uh, and see, when I got my biopsy done in Fort Worth at the hospital there, because of my CVID, I got so septic just from a biopsy that the marshals had to call for an ambulance at the prison and, and have me admitted to the hospital for IV antibiotics and stuff. But, so so let me ask you, let me ask you, based upon, was that your your real reason that you believe that you should be released from, from prison now is because of uh, almost out of mercy because of the state of your health? Well, no, no I mean... I, 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 you know, I've been to the hospital 43 times in three years, <laughs> and it's it's pretty bad, and, and I'm pretty skinny, and I look, I, I think I look pretty bad, but, you know, I, I don't want out just because I'm sick, I want out because I'm innocent, too. Okay, so look, let's... Let's talk a little bit about um, what happened. You, you were able to go back to court to be resentenced and not much of a, of a reduction. Was it a reduction of one year? No. So yeah, your no. reaction to what happened in court? Well, I mean, the lawyers prepared me for it uh, because we knew that, that they, were, they were out to get me. Uh, when you say they, who's they? Who's, who's they? The assistant U.S. attorney and... and the Federal Wildlife Service agent uh, is just hell-bent on keeping me in prison. Uh, but, you know, they said that it was a formality that had to happen before we could file for a new trial or a dismissal or, uh, you know, a, a Rule 2255, which is ineffective assistance of counsel. And my team of lawyers, I've got a damn good team of lawyers right now, uh, John Phillips and Molly Palmer and Amy Hanna and everybody out of Oklahoma. And John and Molly, I know very, very well through the years. They've been on my programs yeah. countless times. Yeah. I, I know the work yeah. they do. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because this is people who have obviously gotten to know you by watching the series and, and seeing you on, on Netflix. Why do you think that you're in prison and Carol Baskin is out roaming free? Okay, well, I can I can tell you why and and it's it's pretty obvious. Okay, I'm a, I'm basically a political prisoner to the Big Cat Safety Act. That that's why Carol had me put in prison. Uh, when when President Trump was ready to leave office, she even went public and said, "I'll help Joe get a pardon if he would support the Big Cat Safety Act and rat on all of his friends." Okay, so you know. In 2019, when I was facing uh, trials, she was fearful for her life, okay, to get me in prison. Once I'm in prison, then she's not scared of me anymore and wants me to get a pardon by extorting me and blackmailing me if I would support the Big Cat Safety Act. And then Friday in court again, because I won't support the Big Cat Safety Act, because it's truly the worst thing that can happen for big cats in America. Now I'm I'm the the scariest thing on the planet to her again. Uh, so seriously, I, I'm 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 in prison. I've got sentenced for 21 years, uh, dying. Uh, so you can't pet a baby tiger in America. Well, you look at the charges. The charges were attempted murder. I spoke with one of the jurors from that trial, and and 
she told me that it was actually pretty easy for them to come to the conclusion that you were guilty of that. I mean, it, it was pretty easy because I didn't have a defense. Uh, the, the, the public defenders that I had done nothing, and all, all it was was one-sided. I, I had no witnesses whatsoever. And, and now that we have the evidence uh, to back up what I was trying to say, uh, they'll never pull this off on another trial. And, you know, sure, the first trial... I can see what the jury got because they made me look horrible. I mean, they had Alan Glover up there. I paid him to go cut her head off and, and all of this stuff. And boy, they had him wound up and, and acted good. And then Lauren Lowe got up there and lied. Up, and even Carol lied, you know, and she did saying uh, when she was talking about the copyright lawsuit, instead of saying the truth about she filed a copyright lawsuit about a picture of her staff killing innocent rabbits. She turned it into, I cut her head off and put it on vulgar bodies. And every time I tried to defend myself, the, the judge shut me down. When when you say tried to defend yourself, were you on the witness stand trying to defend yourself or were you at counsel table trying to defend yourself? I, I, went, I went on the stand for a whole day, a full day. And you're saying you weren't allowed to testify to what you wanted to say? Every time I wanted to say something to defend myself and, and tell the story, the prosecutors would object and they would go to the bench and they would have sidebar. And every time they would say, uh, you can't, you can't respond to that question or you can't talk about that. You need to move on. So in the trial, I didn't get to talk about why me and Carol had issues because Don Lewis is missing, why Carol stopped me, uh, hired people to follow me. I couldn't talk about none of that. And then when James Garrison got on, on the stand, I couldn't talk about, you know, his, his credit card fraud, his identity theft, the, the sex trafficking with him and Jeff Lowe. I couldn't talk about nothing to, to defend myself. And they all set up there and looked like angels and made me look like this, this crazy murderer. Wasn't one of their witnesses an undercover FBI agent that, that you tried to hire to commit the murder? I didn't try and hire him. Okay, that James Garrison, it took him a year to even find me, to, to, to set me down at the zoo and bring him up there. And they tried to get me to, uh, to uh, make a deal to give them $10,000, and my excuse was always broke. They said, hey, uh, we'll do it for $5,000. Uh, no, I'm still broke, okay? I, I can't I can't come up with anybody. Then they tried to get me to, to go to Walmart and buy goat phones. Nope, I, I didn't do that. I wasn't doing that. Then they tried to get me to buy a gun in Oklahoma. Nope, I didn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Then they tried to give me Carol's, they get me to give them Carol's address even. Okay, hello, all I got to do is Google that. But instead of me saying something, I said, you got to get that from Jeff Lowe. Because I wanted nothing to do with it. There was this, these, these two huge, fat, ugly people in my office blocking me from the door to get out of my office. And every time I changed the subject, James Garrison would bring it back up to, hey, what, what, what do you think about murdering Carol? It was crazy. There was not well, let, let me ask you this, Joe. Let me ask you this. If you had a time machine and you could go back in time, what would you do differently? What would you change in your life? Whether it's, you, you know, what 
your relationship or or this this back and forth with Carol Baskin, the way you treated um, the big cats. I mean, because you're also convicted of killing these tigers. Uh, okay, I'm I'm accused and and convicted of taking an endangered species without a permit. Okay, it has nothing to do with how I put them to sleep. It has nothing to do with 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 animal abuse or animal cruelty. They charged me with taking an endangered species without a permit, and and they they were my tigers. Okay, and first of all, and they're, and they're crossbred mutts. They're not even an endangered species, and I had a federal license by the United States Department of Agriculture with protocols signed off by them and my veterinarian that gunshot was an accepted form of euthanization. So, is is there anything you would? But looking back on, on the way that things have turned out for you, right? Obviously, I, I would you rather be famous or free? Would I rather be what? Famous, like you are right now, or free, like you aren't right now? You, you know, and, and to finish answering the other question, what would I do different? I, I would never have, have built a zoo because being a target of the animal rights people is, is crazy absurd. You, you can't do anything right, okay? Carol Baskin's open to the public. She exploits tigers back for money. Uh, she operates them on them for, for uh, to pull on heartstrings on the internet for donations. Joe had tigers. He was open to the public. He didn't, he didn't operate them or do anything like that, but he did breed them and let you play with baby tigers. Okay, so what was, what was the difference? Hey, what's the difference between me and PETA? PETA euthanizes nearly every animal they get a hold of, okay? It's just they have money to pick on me, and I don't have money to pick back. Okay, so I would never have opened a zoo, and if I get out of here, I will never have another exotic animal in my life. Okay, then, then you ask me, would I rather be famous or be free? I would rather be free because being famous has done nothing but destroy my life. You know, um, Carol Baskin, as you mentioned, uh, last time you were in court, mentioned that she's still fearful, but not just of you. She also says she's fearful of some of your fans. Do you have a message for your fans uh, relative to, to Carol Baskin? Because she seems to uh, believe that uh, she may be in danger from people who believe in you. The, the reason why she feels that way and the reason why she's an expert on that is because... Uh, for what, 20 something years? She has had me on her 911 animal abuse website as her most wanted for animal abuse because I play with baby tigers and let people play with baby tigers. And between her and PETA, they have had me on videos and websites and everything calling me an animal abuser only because I let people touch animals. Okay, so what has happened to Joe? Joe's had his recording studio blow up. Joe has had people come to the park uh, and actually threaten to kill John Rankin, my manager, and let all the animals out. Uh, it is crazy what people will, that don't take their medication do, okay? And she, she's an expert at making people do that to people she doesn't like. So... Where did I ever say anything on the internet that threatened Carol Baskin 
other than calling her a bitch. Before we run out of time, though, do you, do you have a message for anyone out there that may garner some ill will towards Carol Baskin? And and if it's a message coming from you, it'll be more powerful. You, you know, you don't want harm I, coming to Carol Baskin, do you? No, I mean, and and I can call you right back for another fifteen minutes if you want to. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, let me do that before we get into that. I'll call you right right now, right back. And we'll be back with more of my interview with Joe Exotic when he calls me back on the other side. He said, if you leave, I am going to kill you. The killer, you know. They were a perfect family, but never suspected. I'll find you one way or the other. Someone they knew with Tamron Hall. Premiering Sunday, March 6th, only on Court TV. Joe, are you back with us? Yes, sir. Okay. Where were we? We were, we were, what would I tell my fans about Carol or whatever? Yeah, well, she's, she's in fear of her safety. And, and I think if, if you make a statement, then maybe we could subside that fear a little bit by you saying something that would uh, not put her in danger. Right? Okay. Well, a- absolutely. And, and, in let's see, what the, the, the last, nearly 20 years uh, she for me she's never been in danger okay she has she sued me we've been to court i've been to her place twice flew over it with a helicopter uh, uh saw her at, at conventions i testified against her big cat safety act with her in ohio she's never but been- at this point joe I, I know you've been locked up but you don't realize there are millions and millions of people who have watched the show and some of them really love you and really hate her. But we don't want her to be in danger, correct? Uh, we don't want her to be in danger. So can you say something to the fans, to your fans, that might be thinking to, 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 to bring, bring her danger? I mean, that's one of the things she said in court, wasn't it? That she was afraid potentially of some of your fans. Well, I just want everyone to be safe. I want... I want <laughs> There's so much I want to say. Uh, there, I want none of my fans or none of my supporters, or, or even if they're not my supporters and they just hate Carol Baskin, there's no reason for anybody to hurt anybody, okay? I I forgive everyone. Do I forget? Absolutely not. But there's no reason for anybody to keep keep making her more famous than she is now because – all she runs the largest scams there are. I uh, no, do not do not ever threaten her, Carol Baskin, for two reasons: because a she she's crazy and she's mental and she just can't help herself, and two is you don't want to screw up your life just by hurting somebody that that's crazy. All right, it's it's just not worth it. And but, and Joe and you don't want another don't. human being harmed, right? Right, absolutely. Okay. You know, but we don't want to keep making her rich either because that's her motive. Okay. She'll do anything, say anything for money. Okay. Whether it's, whether it's exploiting animals or exploiting even herself. For Christ's sake. You know, she, she was on dancing with the stars and looked like an idiot. Then she comes out as bisexual and looks like an idiot. And then she comes out wanting to give me a pardon and looks like an idiot. Now she's back to being scared and looking like an idiot. Quit giving her money. Quit, quit following her videos. Just just help me let Carol Baskin find another reason 
to live in this world other than Joe Exotic. Okay, that's all I ask is, is quit making her popular. All right, let me ask you about you. And, and, and when you take a moment here, and, and I know you're wrapped up in your appeal, we're going to get even more information from your attorneys who will be on my show. Let me ask you about your life. How would you describe your life? Have you lived out any dreams? Was it a great life? Was it a good life? And not not that you're dead, Joe, but I'm just up until this point. How do you look at the life that you have lived? Okay, you know, and I tried to to put that in a book, and and they even edited my book. Okay, and and I didn't even get to tell my story in my own book. My life, you know, I it started out as a very young child of being sexually abused. Uh, to, to going through attempted suicide as a teenager and, and a young adult trying to face the fact of being gay. I was uh, a, a paramedic and an emergency medical technician at the age of, of 17. I was a police chief at the age of 19. Uh, I've, I've worked in funeral homes. I've worked in emergency rooms. I've helped animals. I've helped sick people. I've helped homeless people. I've, I've, I've lived a full life, okay, despite the downfalls, I can never complain about about my life. You know, I, I've made music videos, I've done television shows, I, I've done what 10 people can't do. It's crazy, okay, and, and I wouldn't trade any of it, any of it uh, for anything because it made me who I am. Now, any message that you have for the jurors who convicted you? the prosecutors who are going after you, um, to people who think that you are not a good person, that you are someone that abused these animals, that killed these tigers. Um, do you have a message for them, Joe? In, you know, for my jurors, I, I know what they did, and they, they probably felt at the time that they'd done their job. Uh, now I hope that they see the evidence coming out and how how corrupt and crooked all of this went down and the backstabbing between the government witnesses now and, and, and coming up and, and admitting to perjury. I mean, Alan Glover is facing prison for, for admitting to the FBI that he lied to the grand jury and lied to my jury. And then to go one step further and admit to plotting to murder me with Jeff Lowe is Pretty outrageous. Uh, so, you know, do, do I fault them for me being in prison? No. Okay. The, the next jury, I hope they take a little bit longer to look at all the evidence uh, before they convict me or any other jury that sits on a jury before you take a person's life. You need to really look at the characters and and how well the, the courtroom has been orchestrated and the agenda because you're taking people's lives. So you think I took five tigers' lives? You took my life. Okay? Think about that. How do you deny five tigers that were crippled and sick and, and time to go? Okay? You took my life for the rest of my life just because you believed the orchestrated movie that was going on in a federal courtroom. How about for you? Is, is there anything you need to, to change? For you to make yourself a better person, you ever thought thought you about know, it that I, way? I, this is this has made me a better person uh, because I see people in prison that really don't deserve to be in prison. Uh, what what we do 
let myself go sit in a cage for an entire day and see just how much they waited on me and how much I enjoyed my life because it's worse in prison. Uh, I'm in, I'm in a cell with no TV, no radio, no nothing. It's just four walls and it drives you mentally crazy. And when I get out of here, because I will get out of here, when I get out of here, I'm going to be the biggest advocate for animals in cages. I don't care if it's a hamster or a bed of fish in a bowl. Okay. If it can think or it, or it, it, it can possibly even have a soul, it does not belong in a cage, maybe at all. Okay. And that's what's made me a better person. And when I get out of here, I'm going to advocate for, for innocent people that are in prison, animals that are in cages. And I have a platform to make a difference because slavery is alive. It, it's in prison. Okay. There's so many people in prison for such long sentences that didn't even do anything. All right. But they're working for $5 and 25 cents a month. And the majority of them are poor people in, uh, of, of color that can't afford a defense or poor people that are white that can't afford a defense. Uh, you know, when I came to prison, I was bankrupt. Okay. I couldn't afford a defense. Now you, you look me up on the internet. My net worth is, is supposedly $15 million overnight. You know, where, where are you keeping the money, Joe? Yeah, I, I would like to know that. I think my ex-husband spent it all. <laughs> but, so what what is your day what is your day to day like what is your day to day like and and do you get visited by anyone are there are there visits at the, where you're being uh, held right now I've been I've been to four federal prisons so far and three county holdovers and I have never it's, it's COVID you can't you can't even visit during COVID that's right you know that, that's over so it's just so, so my day my day consists of twenty four hours in a room by yourself a, con, a, a concrete room by myself. Absolutely. So what do you, what is the, the, the bottom line to, to your life right now? Like what is, is the focus 1000% on this appeal, this appeal, this appeal? Uh, is, is that where your, your focus is or is your focus on uh, surviving each day? My, uh, and this is being 100% honest with you, Ben. Uh, my focus is on my lawyers getting me a new trial uh, right now. And the other focus is laying in there, asking God to make my heart stop. Really? Really. Are you on suicide watch? No. Hey. You wouldn't take your life, Joe, would you? You're, you're just saying, asking for God to do it. I, I, I have two husbands, mom and dad, and my brother uh, to see in heaven. And I was raised Catholic that if you kill yourself, you're not going to heaven. That's why my dad never killed himself after my brother died. Uh, he... he Beg God to die every day, and finally he's he's there with my brother, and it's the same way. Rather than live twenty one years and here being being treated less than an animal uh, in a zoo in America is is allowed to be treated, I would rather God stop my heart. For someone who never met you, how would you describe yourself? Who are you? Um, you know, it, 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 it's. Just like almost every letter that I get, and I get a ton of letters, uh, I'm, I'm unapologetic, I'm honest, I'm sincere, I'm caring, uh, I speak my mind, and uh, I, I help anybody. In, in prison, uh, when I was in Fort Worth, 
I just, you know, I just transferred to North Carolina to the hospital. But the the time that I was in Fort Worth, Joe Exotic ran a soup kitchen in prison for people that don't have anybody on the outside to buy them commissary. So I cooked twice a day for the the, the people that had no no stuff, just like I did for Thanksgiving and Christmas out in the free world. Except I did it every day in here. Do they know who you are? Everybody knows who I am. <laughs> And, and does that help you or hurt you behind bars? In, in prison and jail, it helps me because I, it, it, I hey, look, I, I have a cell in North Carolina next to the Unabomber. Okay, uh, that, that's where I'm kept. And it doesn't matter who I meet. I, a gang member, a cartel member, or, or whatever, man, I get along with everybody uh, because of who I am. And that's not just because I'm famous. But it's because who I am as a person and, and how I conduct myself in here. And every person says, Joe, you, you, you're not a criminal, man. You don't belong in here. Every inmate says, Joe, you do not belong in here. You're not a criminal. If, if, if you're not successful, I know you don't like to think about it, but um, I've covered a lot of cases many years. And sometimes people don't get a new trial. And sometimes the jury... Uh, doesn't get a second uh, chance to look at your evidence. If the rest of your life is behind bars, can you be productive living the life right now locked up? First of all, I'll never, I'll never survive 21 years. Okay, I'm, I'm, next month I turn 59. Well, what is the real odds of me living uh, in prison for 21 years? It's not. Okay, so... Can I be productive in here? You're absolutely right. You know, I, 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 from here, I, I managed to be able to get engaged to be married. So, you know, uh, to who? Uh, huh? To who? I'm not going to put that target on his back right now, uh, because it's a horrible target. Uh, but, you know, I can survive anywhere. Okay, is it going to be fun? Uh, no. Is it going to be a fabulous? No. You know, right now, I I don't even like who I am on the outside in the world because everybody is making money on me but me. Right, we have one, one minute left. Uh, Joe, I'm going to be speaking with your lawyers. Any message for them? I know you talk to them all the time, but anything uh, you can get to them? Guys, yeah, you, you, you have uncovered more evidence. It is incredible. I have 100% faith. Molly Molly Palmer made the comment the other day that she is taking this all the way to Supreme Court, and I believe she will. And I believe that John and Philip and Amy and Blake and everybody else will get me out of here. So I love you. You're badass. I, I, I've got uh, the most amazing team I could ask for. Mm. Thank you. Uh, Joe, um... I don't know if you're busy today or not, but uh, uh, thanks so much for, for giving us the call and giving us a little bit of insight into your world. There's a lot of people Thank interested, and um, we'll continue to cover your, your, your legal battle that you're undergoing, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Unbelievable. <laughs> what, what an afternoon in, in my office. It, 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 was, it was fascinating, really. Um, now, 
He spoke a lot about this appeal, this federal appeal that he has. I've also spoken to members of his legal team about this appeal. So when we come back, I'll break down what his chances are and and how likely it is that Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, will ever get a new trial. Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area. So here's the deal. Once you've been convicted of a crime, winning an appeal is extremely difficult. I mean, extremely difficult because you've been convicted of a crime. You are a criminal. You are a felon. And now you've got to convince some appellate judges to give you another trial, to give you another chance that you, the felon, were wronged. So just human nature alone, I think, makes it difficult for many appellate judges to overturn convictions. Even if they lean one way or the other, it it doesn't matter. A human nature is, well, this person committed a crime. I don't want to be the one setting them free, right? Uh, Despite that, um, criminal appeals still happen, and once in a while, they are successful. Now, for a criminal appeal to be successful, there's there's several ways it can happen. Um, The the best chance that... um, criminal defendants have is is newly uncovered evidence, evidence that didn't exist at the time of the trial that they want to bring forth. And, and, and the defense believes if, if a jury or a judge heard this evidence, um, they very well could have come to a different conclusion at trial. In some cases, it might be enough to overturn the conviction completely. And, and, force prosecutors to just dismiss the charges. Those are cases like where there's DNA that is found, if it's, if it's that type of case, you know, DNA of the real killer as opposed to the person who got convicted. Those cases are rare, but they do happen. We've seen them many times with the Innocence Project. Now, there's other types of evidence that can be uncovered. And in my discussions with uh, the legal team for Joe Exotic, they believe they have some new evidence. And this evidence consists of some newly uncovered recorded conversations with key witnesses against Joe Exotic at trial. So if they just received this information and it legitimately is new, not that their first set of attorneys had it but decided not to use it, but if they legitimately newly discovered this, um, and in fact there's evidence in there that would make a jury see the case completely differently, the judges may very well give Joe Exotic a new trial. Now, the, the nature and the weight of this evidence is the key. It's the absolute key, but they believe they have that. They also believe that they have witnesses who perjured themselves, and they claim they've got affidavits from some of these witnesses at trial swearing that they perjured themselves. Now, I don't know how reliable someone swearing that I perjured myself is reliable, right? Like, think about it. The, the, the person who's filling out an affidavit swearing that I'm telling you the truth now 
about not telling you the truth when I was under oath the last time. So that's always uh, difficult. We'll see what the court does with that. Um, but you take a look at those two issues to begin with are valid issues and, and potentially give this defendant, Joe Exotic, a fighting chance at winning his appeal. But when you win your appeal, the only thing you win is a new trial. But here's the twist in this case. In my conversation with uh, John Phillips, who's one of his attorneys, he claims that some of this newly uncovered evidence may demonstrate some misconduct on the part of investigators in all of this. And if that is true, and again, it's a big if, but if that is true, then you've got witnesses who were working for the government who misrepresented things and and were not truthful and, and continue to uh, push forward knowing that they weren't acting in a, in a way that was honest. Um, it's, it's potentially devastating to the government's case. Devastating if, if this involves lead investigators or prosecutors associated with the case. Now, again, um, we're going to take a deeper dive on all of this evidence um, once I get my hands on it myself. But these are the representations being made by the team. So, you know, at first blush, I look at many criminal uh, appeals and say, no chance, no chance. You've got two chances, actually, slim and none. And look who just walked out the door. That was slim. But if you've got people lying, you've got misconduct, you've got newly uncovered recordings, you've got witnesses saying that they lied at trial, you put that all together, you may very well have enough for a new trial, and you may have enough to win that new trial or force the government to dismiss those charges. Now, remember, there's two sets of charges here. Some of them are related to the attempted murder of Carol Baskin, his arch nemesis, and others are related to the way he treated and what he was doing with the exotic animals. So he's got to deal with both of those, and, and we'll see how the evidence impacts both of them. Uh, but this is one that I am going to continue to follow and track because it looks like there may very well be some legitimate issues for the appellate court to deal with. But that being said, remember what I first said, the, the inclination of, of appellate courts is to find a way to uphold the conviction. So um, they, they're not going to tell you that, but that's just from experience and, and seeing the way these things go. I mean, there are cases where criminal defense attorneys have fallen asleep during the trial and the convictions have been upheld. So there's the, there's always a reason, it seems, that appellate courts have to continue to uphold convictions. This one is high profile. There'll be a spotlight on it, so maybe that changes the equation a little bit, but we shall see. I'll continue to follow it, and when there are updates, you'll hear about it uh, on the podcast or on my television show as well, because I am on every night from 8 to 11 on Court TV. We are a network. Uh, we are everywhere. If you want to find us, you can go on the website, uh, go to CourtTV.com, hit the Find Us tab, and, and you click on your state, and you'll figure out how, how to get us. We also are in the country, 90% uh, of the country, with digital antennas. So if you've got one of those nifty digital antennas, just rescan it and, and look for Court TV, and you'll find us. So that's it for this week. Uh, I am Vinny Politan. Thank you so much for listening and downloading. Have a great week, and don't forget to hug the kids. 
This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and a